You know what really makes us mad is wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Tell them about punk. What's up, posers? Welcome to Punk Lotto Pod. I'm your co-host, Justin Hensley. I am your other co-host, Dylan Hensley. I probably shouldn't peak the show uh, the, at the beginning of every single episode, the audio. <laughs> Here we are, though. The, uh, what's the, the loudness vine meme where they, like, crank the <laughs> where it distorts the sound and distorts? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. We're continuing our best of 2021 material. So last week we posted our picks from 20 to 11. We didn't really number them <laughs> as we were going, but we just each chose 10 albums each and then whatever. And then we did our guest lists with Paul DeCiccio of Tor Johnson Records and good friend Corey. So they each contributed their lists and had conversations. I think releasing them independently was a good idea. Yeah, this is like part nine in uh, yeah. <laughs> our recap of, uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's the way to do it. I think that's more manageable. Mm-hmm. So this week, you can expect audio from Adam Yo as well as Dave Brown. We're also going to have our voicemails. You know what? I might throw the voicemails on this episode just to have them all here. Hey, I'll do that. So at the very end of this episode, we'll play the voicemails of the people who called in this year telling us their favorite picks. And... We might have one or two, one or two more. We'll see um, once everybody gets their stuff to me. But uh, you can head over to our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash punkclottopod. So many plosives in our <laughs> handles. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we picked the wrong letter to start <laughs> the name of our show with. I'm hoping to get a pop screen soon. So that'll... <laughs> Ironically, you need a pop screen to say pop screen. It's It's a reminder. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you head over to our Patreon, we just did a dive on the overall charts of 2021, so kind of just like finishing up some more records that came out this year. Yeah, hit some of the not-punk records that came out this year that we listened to. That was pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you head over there, you can get access to all of our bonus audio for $1, and we've got stuff coming up in the new year where we might be utilizing some more polls. And some more, you know, interactions over there using the more like posting blogging system over there. You can also follow our Substack, which is punklautopod.substack.com. And that is where I'm going to be posting my top 200 of 2021. So this is where I'm writing uh, for every single record that um, I put on this list. And I keep writing and writing and writing, but I still have over 100 to write about. I don't understand how it not moving <laughs> the number is staying the same but eventually i'll get that done so in mid-february expect that finished list to show up oh, i'll try and get it up as soon as possible instagram twitter facebook at punk lotto pod voicemail 202-688-PUNK and punk gmail.com that's everything i think tiktok coming soon <laughs> i i have no idea what to do with with tiktok it's it's fine though because tiktok's dead now why is it dead it's just got so popular that it died. What? <laughs> yeah. I, 
have you not watched TikTok anytime in the last month? Oh, it's, it it's, sucks right it's now. Terrible. It, the algorithm good. is dead right now. But I th- I chalk that up to being just November and December. Yeah, the algorithm has not been good. But it also just surpassed the uh, most popular website in the world. It beat Google. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but it did. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of emo content on TikTok. Uh, most of it not good. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for us. <laughs> there's one dork on there who keeps popping up in my For You page that just, like, I hate his taste. And he, like, is wrong about stuff a lot, but... I don't even know his name, so I can't even. Can't put him on blast. I can't put him on blast. (laughs) Uh, We thought, you know, we would just take a little look at 2021 and kind of talk about, you know, what we've been up to this year, like the show in general, our personal lives, all that kind of stuff. Actually, rather eventful year. Yeah. Um, Looking at the first uh, proper episode of the year. feels like it came out two years ago uh, <laughs> yeah. we talked about the meadowlands uh by the wrens with sam yield yeah sam yield um who i did not see much from this year <laughs> honestly after the record came out there was, wasn't a lot of like action i don't know on his part but that was a good record it came out this year um yeah already like the first thing we did this year was pushing the boundaries of what is a punk record um we would stretch that quite a few more times going forward. Yeah. Uh, we talked to Lexi and G uh, from Suzy True, who are both awesome. Um, great, great people, great musicians. G has like four bands and <laughs> um, yeah, they're doing really cool things. I'm super stoked for what uh, Suzy True does next. I know they just recorded something recently so i think they probably have a full length coming out soon and then look forward to next year i think uh this is the year we launched our patreon as well um which has been really awesome i've loved i've loved the content we've been making for it i've loved the guest selected epi- you know, albums man i've just in, i've really enjoyed doing that stuff at first i was like yeah i give myself some more work and uh we don't work that hard on that show on the patreon content but <laughs> I guess I should say uh, I should uh, not undersell it, though. But yes, thank you to everyone who has signed up this year and given us even like a dollar. Like, even if it was like one month and you dropped immediately. Like, thank you so much. We appreciate every little bit of it because it's just been cool to see that kind of feedback. Uh, We talked with Megan from Bad Sandy this year. I'm hoping they put out a new song this year. So I'm hoping that means we're going to get some more Bad Sandy coming up. Uh, we talked about Jack's Mannequin, which like kind of like started off our discussion, multiple discussions on that era of uh, emo and pop punk stuff. Yeah, we spent like the next month um, coming back to the early to mid 2000s because we talked about Angels and Airwaves uh, with Molly from Generation GC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about Since This Fail with God Program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on those <laughs> on those types of records this year, which I uh, I appreciated um, talking about those records from the perspective of someone who liked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we 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 came back to the early mid two thousands quite a few times actually because mm-hmm. we hit Hawthorne Heights with Arms Like Roses mm-hmm. with Thomas. We talked about. 
Uh, well, you and Adam talked about Riot by Paramore. And then we talked about the 2013 Paramore record, too. Yep. With uh, Olivia from Cowboy Boy, who I have seen twice now since moving. And if you get the opportunity to see Cowboy Boy do it, they're incredible. Olivia is an amazing uh, front person. Really great band to watch. Uh, we um, made it into some liner notes. Uh, so we recorded an episode with Greg and Nate from Celebration Summer, and uh, they thanked us in the liner notes of their EP that they released this year. Uh, we talked about Leatherface's Mush, which I think is still our most popular rec- record that we talked, most popular episode from 2021. Like it was, it hit big for us and uh, very hard to top. But thank you guys so much for, you know, including us in the liner notes. That's incredible. It's amazing. Uh, we did some weird stuff this year. I think we introduced the best worst over under. We did it on Patreon first with Starflyer59, but then we did it again with Anne and Susie and the Banshees as like a kind of like a hundred close, close to 150th episode special and uh, Halloween sort of combo there. Yeah, doing that best worst over under put me... And probably you in the top 5% of Susie and the Banshee listeners (laughs) on Spotify. Yeah. (laughs) We did a radio episode for our shoegaze on My Bloody Valentine's Day. I think we're going to do a poll for this year's My Bloody Valentine's Day. Uh, I'll let everybody know about it in advance before we do it. But yeah, going. I think we're going to utilize polls uh, in the future. Yeah, I think it it works. This is the democratization of Punk Lotto Pod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what other big firsts did we have this year? We did a comp. Was We've that our first comp? comp? Yeah. I, th- I think that was. Flex we did Your the Head. Flex Your Head comp by, Dis- by Discord Records. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was basically. We finally figured out what the deal with the UK subs is. <laughs> yeah. We did. We spoke with the guys from Camp Trash about John K. Sampson's Provincial fun episode where keegan just goes to the convenience store in the middle of it i love it <laughs> we checked jawbreaker off of our list of bands we've never done an episode on with uh, angelo from uh, magazine beach where we talked about unfun that one was fun because angelo picked that one being like not a big jawbreaker fan yeah which which was interesting to do because you would think that someone would have picked that band by now because mm-hmm. of how big they are and then the person who picks them isn't really a fan. <laughs> yeah. And j- yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean he he was familiar with the band and, and you know and liked them, but it was just it it was just interesting to have someone who's like not deeply familiar with the Jawbreaker discography picking a Jawbreaker record, which I thought was a fun conversation. Mm-hmm. Some other fun episodes. We talked with John and I believe Garrett from Calix. To, to discuss Yafet Kodo's 2001 album. Really fun episode. I think we follow that up with like three of the members of Pulses to talk about No Kill, No Beat Beat by Q and Not You. Like, we had some fun string of episodes this year with multiple people. Actually, we actually had quite a few that were like that. What, what else did we have like that where it was like just a, just a riot? So, oh yeah. So the episode we did on Dead Guys Fixation on a Coworker with Ancient Shores probably one of my favorite episodes of the year it was just so much fun i lent, sent them some vocals to be used in a, in a upcoming song which maybe they scrapped it's been a while maybe they scrapped the whole song because my vocals are so bad but 
<laughs> we can't make we can't make this work. <laughs> oh, this is useless. Ah, dump it. <laughs> dump the whole song. <laughs> um, um, yeah, the that's the graveyard story, right? Yeah, <laughs> where they're riding on the back of like a a, a, a tow truck, like a flatbed tow truck in the van. <laughs> That's where we talk that's, about Food Lion. That's an all-time episode. Yeah, you you definitely have to go listen to that one. There's just so many funny moments in that one. And Joel has like kind of become our uh, additional booker for the show. He's got a couple other guests on here. Help me get some guests on here. We really stretch the boundaries of what punk is when talking about the Silver Mount Zion with Closer. Oh, the give and take. Oh, the episode we did with Gibran from... Expert timing, give and take uh, on Everclear. I loved that episode too. I such such a blast just talking with him. I loved that give and take EP. Um, yeah, yeah. Just plugging, just plugging that one. The great pause um, right here. It's it's a it's a great EP. I have listened to it multiple times. Really, honestly, should have put it on my top ten, and <laughs> I don't know why I just didn't include any EPs. But if I had, this one would easily be in the top ten. Probably be in the top five. I seriously love this record, and I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more from from him. And I think he's recording some new stuff. Oh, we did another we did another Billboard <laughs> this year. Remember that singles action? Oh, on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that we'll do that again. Yeah, I think it's more fun on your own to do it than it is to record a podcast around it. Yeah, <laughs> talking with Alicia from Ganser. Ugh, that was so cool. It's just one of my favorite moments of the year, just like to have a band of that level. Oh. Uh, great, hilarious conversation with Chris and Zach from Demons. One of the more memorable conversations I've, we've had this year. Yeah. There's, I found that it's, it's, it's a certain type of band that we've we've had these like really fun, like off the wall, like, ep, you know, very divergent episodes with. And they're all of the noisy variety, so I think it, there's like a funny little. Uh, we'll have to see if that holds true going forward. That's also where we discovered like Zach was in May or is in May. <laughs> <laughs> oh, PJ Sykes, where we talked about the lookouts. I really liked talking to PJ. He was one of those guys that we've kind of like followed for a long time online and different social media stuff. And yeah, one of those punk friends, mm-hmm. punk internet friends, yeah. uh, uh, for a long time been aware of pj and his projects so it was really cool to get him on the show we did our first couple patreon sponsored episodes so dave brown actually picked two this year for us to talk about he talked about john we he met us talk about john moreland of the dust ball souls as well as the roustabouts and uh both of those were really fun and then we had him on the show to talk about sincere engineer and then he'll be on this week's extra guest list big fans of dave brown yeah, just wanted to say Dave Brown's been such a great supporter of the show, and it's one of those people that immediately comes to mind when I think of like the the best parts of doing this show. Mm-hmm. I think are the friendships that we've made. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really cool. So go check out Dave Brown's podcast, uh, One Band Five Songs. Follow his blog, Oklahoma Lefty. We love Dave Brown. You're gonna keep hearing from him. Yeah, we'll have him back many, many more times. We had Drew Clegg on from Dry Socket. This was another Joel connection. Uh, he helped me connect with Drew. 
uh, where we talked about propagandis, how they're cleaning everything. Another one of our most popular episodes this year. It's almost as if really popular classic records um, attract listeners. <laughs> but I remember that episode being like, we talked about some stuff that I'd never really thought about before, which was really cool. Uh, you know, it's always nice to like have someone on who can kind of like challenge some previous thought thinking patterns and nothing like nothing like oh i thought that was okay the type stuff but <laughs> you know just like you know some interesting introspective stuff oh yeah we talked with jonathan ford from uh unwed sailor which is just like an one of those like wow moments for us you know we were fans of his bands growing up and it's always weird to talk to somebody you were a big fan of for a long time but the conversation was great yeah talking about new order those frogs yeah <laughs> yeah uh we became uh bad religion fans oh yeah <laughs> that is the big big thing that was uh was that another sponsored episode uh yes no control was the was yeah. a patreon sponsored yeah steve long my uh now co-host of uh i i started a wrestling podcast with um it's it's taking a previously existing podcast and kind of reviving it but me and steve have been doing a show called around the ring because on top of you know adding patreon content uh and going to college uh uh, i also decided to join a wrestling podcast so you know my time is very well taken up but yeah going to college me going to college you moving from phoenix to la like personally is kind of a big year for us yeah, it's been a big one. Yeah, some changes. Oh, what else did we do? Um, oh, we guessed it on Spinning Out. That's true. Josh Robbins, his his podcast that he stole from us. <laughs> <laughs> he, we talk about it <laughs> on the episode. Uh, yeah, while you moved, we had your my first fill-in co-hosts. Uh, Adam Yo joined me in the co-hosting role, and we talked to Angie Aristodemo from uh, Resist- Re- Resonating Zine, and then Anne Lapore. We talked about Cat Bites' first record. That was that was interesting to see the uh, change. You know what can happen if one of us isn't here? A different dynamic. Yeah, yeah. We listened to one of those big classic records that you we embarrassingly admit that. <laughs> We are not very familiar with. Uh, uh, we listened to We're Down Till We're Underground by Give Up the Ghost uh, with Cole and Chris from Easy Prey. That was another really fun episode. <laughs> Those guys are just so funny. The story about, was it, running into running into one of the guys from Linkin Park on the, on like his girlfriend's parents' street or something like that. <laughs> and his, his uh, limited edition 10-inch Linkin Park record that's still with his parents. We talked to Kathy from the Gully Boys mm-hmm. uh, about the Sundays. Like um, continuing to push boundaries on <laughs> what is a punk record. We did a lot of solo records this year. Or solo records. Yeah. Solo episodes this year just because of me returning to school and then like scheduling conflicts and just being like, oh, well, we're kind of limited on when we can record. So uh, we'll just do this by ourselves. Yeah. I think we figured out how to do those episodes by ourselves with a little bit more energy mm-hmm. than our early days of yeah. doing this show. Um, so, yeah, we did a couple of those. We did, what, UK Subs, Crown Hate Ruin. Uh, we talked about Naked Raygun. Youth of Today. The Falcon. Mm-hmm. We had fun coming up with gimmicks for the Patreon this year. Master Punk Theater being 
the younger one of all of the the options, but uh talking with Betsy and Laura from Bat Fangs was a really cool experience. We've revisited our lost episode for our hundred and fiftieth. I'm glad we did that. Yeah. Got it out of the way. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. We talked to uh Dan Yeeman and Andy Nelson. Like talk about like whoa. Talk about big gets. Yeah. Going down the history of uh, Philadelphia punk bands. Finally had Scott Hicks from Totally Slow on. We'll see their band someday. <laughs> if we haven't already. Uh, uh, great conversation with John uh, Hernandez from Timeshares mm-hmm. uh, about social distortion. That was uh, that was a conversation that we just had to we just had to cap it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you you kept talking to John yeah. for like another forty minutes after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We started talking about wrestling, so you know naturally you got to add an extra thirty minutes. And then we did our first Christmas record or first Christmas album, and uh, something you've resisted for years and. Uh, we should probably do those in the future because it did really well. <laughs> so well, my, now that I see there's money in it. My instincts <clears throat> are correct. Dylan always shooting down my ideas. Who knows what we've passed up now? <laughs> but yeah, you know, uh, that brings us to, up to Christmas present. Yeah. 2021 in the world. Man, it was uh, it was pretty much the same as 2020. Like in some ways it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think because we started it with more hope. Yeah, I think the which was a mistake, right? Because literally six days later, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a bad time. Um, yeah, twenty twenty one, the the same yet also a little bit more depressing than twenty twenty. I think we just figured out the COVID stuff a little more manageably, but. Uh, on our own, not because the government did anything to help us, but... No, yeah. No support there. Yep. Actually, we're getting less support. We're getting less mm-hmm. support than we did under... Oh, man. I don't know. Let's... <laughs> are, are, are we going to say it? Trump... Or I'm going to say it. Trump was better at dealing with COVID. <laughs> Just think about that. Think about it for That's a second. That's bad. That's terrible. It's not that he was good at it. He was just better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that feels real bad. <laughs> anyway, if only we could have known that Joe Biden would be terrible. Yeah, it's only as if he's had a very long history of being awful. But okay, whatever. Let's let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, it's not the punk lotto uh, politics hour. Poly poly sci. <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about uh, records that came out this year that we liked. Yeah. So we did our chart dive already over there, so you can see that on the Patreon. But. God, we still went 30 minutes on just going down the year. That's wild. Let us talk about our lists. You got yours pulled up? Who wants to go first? Sort of. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oh, um, We talked, we mentioned them briefly earlier This on this episode. Um, we talked to John and Garrett from Calyx. Uh, they released their record, Stay Gone, and I loved it. Leslie was born in the place she wants to die. Gray skies only mean cooler weather. Keeps her food separated on her plate. Spain was fine, but Mississippi's finer. Who says it's gold and it's gold, it's still shining. 
Miracles, Ethnospine, Chumpire, Salinas, just a big old four-way. Many hands make light work. I guess that's the phrase. And I mean, it's such a good record. Like, no wonder they all want to, all of those people want to be involved. Yeah. Um, this is just like the most, I don't know, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It has like the catharsis of Screamo with the uplifting, posy energy of Latterman. Hmm. With a almost like cerebral, progressive structuring. This is such an impressive record. Really, they do so many like ambitious things. None of these songs have like normal song structures, uh, but they're eminently singable. I mean, there are there are choruses, but they're they're not like every song is verse, chorus, verse, chorus or anything like that. Yeah, this was just an immediate hit for me. I I knew this was going to make my top 10 the first time I listened to it. Yeah, this was one of those record. Actually, okay, so currently, as of right now, my list of top 200, I'm this is number 2 behind Sincere Engineers, bless my psyche. And honestly, they're really tied in my mind right now. I don't know what the final number 1 pick is going to be on that list. Um I didn't pick them for my list on this episode because Dylan, you picked it before me. So, you know, I had a, a lot more to choose from, I think, <laughs> than you did this year. Um, so I was like, okay, you talk about that. And then, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. When I get down to that final, like, which one's it going to be? It, it might be a coin toss, honestly. Uh, 1A, 1B, you know, type situation. But, oh, I love this record so much. It's so, so, so good. It's got that, like, mathy heaviness of Ed Hakuli with Garrett and John, but then it's like super catchy with Caitlin's vocals. Like, ugh, so good. Yeah. Uh, and Caitlin's lyrics are mm-hmm. incredible. This is a record worth sitting out and reading the lyrics, uh, along with, uh, she has really interesting, thoughtful, challenging, inspiring things to say. And all of these songs. Yeah. I, I, I loved this record. It was, it was pure bliss. All right. My turn. Yeah. All right, my number five pick is Santao by the band Jaleng. This was released July 23rd on Heavy Machinery and Ruin Nation Records. They are from Melbourne, Australia. They formerly went by the name Lai, L-A-I, 
Um, they kind of changed their name, and I don't know if they've changed their sound too much, but uh, it's a like fast-paced, high-energy, crust-influenced, D-beat-type hardcore record. And it, like every year, I find one or two crust records that I really connect with. Uh, it's not a genre as a whole that I listen to extensively, but there's always like somebody that puts out a record that I'm like, I like that. That's going on the list. I'm not like maybe I maybe it's the it doesn't filter out from the crust scene to me on its own very frequently, and that's why. So whenever I come across one that I like, it's really cool. Um, I found this through actually uh, our friend Adam Yo's coverage on of the album on No Echo. He talked about it on there. He did a review for it, and uh, I think I read that review and was like, "This sounds cool as hell," and I went and listened to it, and it sounds cool as hell. It's um. The lead singer is someone named, her name is Alda, and she sings in both English and Bahasa Indonesia, because she is Indonesian, Indonesian-Australian. So, like, half the tracks are in English, half the tracks are in that specific type of Indonesian. But her vocals are so cool, so good. She is She's one of those vocal styles that is just like, oh, your throat must hurt after doing these songs. Like, she, like, shreds her voice doing these uh the drummer is actually from sheer mag which i was surprised to see and there's some guitar which made me go is sheer mag an australian band which i guess they are i don't know do you know i don't know uh yeah i think so Uh, okay uh there's also a guitarist from piss christ no no they're from philly what what i don't know the article i read said it was the drummer from sheer mag so maybe the philly drummer i don't know we'll see (laughs) I had to deep in dive into that. Um, super political record dresses white supremacy a lot. Police brutality. Uh, make you know it goes after some anti-maskers. Uh, there's songs about specifically racism towards Asian people with Yellow Pearl. Um, that's I think in response to COVID. You know, Asian people kind of took a brunt of uh, the abuse towards COVID. Um, White metal is a fun song because it's uh, straight up going after uh, white power metalheads, specifically like the black metal variety. There's a line in it there. She says, go make your go make your corpse paint a permanent fixture. I just really like that (laughs) line. (laughs) Did you have a chance to sample any of this? I don't think I hit this one. I think this is like the only thing on your list that I didn't get to. Hmm. It's funny. It's super heavy. And... It touches on lyrical themes that I found a lot of hardcore referring to this year. And there's another one coming up that I'll talk about here in a little bit that really also hits on similar topics. But yeah, I really love this record. Uh, It's just like, it's one of those weird records that I love that I'm like, nobody's going to put this on their lists, but I love it so much and they should. Yeah, Jalang, really good band. All right, my next pick. Uh, comes from earlier in the year. Um, one of the one of the first big records to hit me. Uh, you assigned this to me for the short-lived uh, <laughs> <laughs> newsletter column uh, that I was doing. This came back. Yeah, this came out in January. Um, it is Clothbound by the Sonderbombs. Before I left for tour, you said you wanted more.
so I was excited when you gave it to me uh, to listen to, and I listened to it like three or four times that week. I have revisited it a good bit this year. Really cool record. Super catchy. There's some really poppy stuff on here. There's some heavy stuff on here. I really dig how Willow uses a ukulele. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, right? A lot, yeah. It's her primary instrument, actually. I don't think that she plays any of the guitars on here. Um, I think it's a really interesting sound because it's like it's mostly an electric ukulele. Hmm. Um, so it just kind of has this certain timbre. I guess you would say, um, that you don't hear a lot. And I think it's a really cool feature in this band. It's not gimmicky the way that using an odd instrument can sometimes be. She's also an incredible singer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, one of the best out there right now, uh, at least in the punk world, I guess. Is this one you bought? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I... I... I suggested it to you because it came out in a time period where, like, it came out in January. So, like, there's there's a lot. There wasn't a ton of options to give you as far as, like, assigning you something. So, I was like, well, I mean, I, he might like this. I, I didn't know that you would wind up liking it as much as you did this year. Because I think, like, halfway through the year. Or is it on, like, one of those Bandcamp Fridays where, like, you bought the record and you got it in the mail or something? And I was like, oh, Oh, okay. I didn't realize you were still like listening to that album <laughs> this year. Yeah, this is it's a really good record. Mm-hmm. Um, it fell off of my listening a little bit later in the year, but I've come back to it, and I'll keep coming back to it. I think, um, and I'll definitely keep paying attention to this band. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to follow up the hype that this record had. I know it's very delayed because of COVID and yeah. not being able to tour, and now looking like tours are possibly getting canceled again so yeah um, i've been waiting to pull the trigger on buying some tickets for upcoming shows because i really want to go to them but i also don't want to like tie up money for like two or three shows if they're going to be postponed for another year and a half but what else you got all righty so my next pick is sedai and the name of the ep is orange lime
February 21st. Found a lot of my top releases this year were early in the year. Maybe it's because I got to spend more time with them. So like they or they submitted themselves early enough in the year as in my favorites of the year that like it's hard to kind of unshake them from that spot. But this came out in February. They're from Tokyo, Japan. I listened to so much Japanese emo this year. There's Japan is having a really cool moment with emo and punk music, specifically emo of the kind of the revival style that was uh, really big in the uh, 2010, early 2010s. Um, it's kind of having a moment in Japan currently. I wish fifth wave emo sounded like this here, but alas, they do not. So like a lot of the Japanese bands that I listen to this year will be like Now Can Now Can One and Saito release a collaboration record. Doxy, Transit My Youth, Ayani Katsumi, Haiki, and Awesome Android did a split together. That's really good. And there's a compilation. There's a compilation this year that was called Bridge, and it featured bands exclusively from the Yokohama and Yokosuka region of Japan. It's just like this area of Japan alone has a ton of really good emo bands in it. So it's, I guess it's like the the Philly emo scene of the early 2010s. It's just kind of like Yokohama's got that going on too. For a few years now, said I have been putting out some stuff, and they've kind of been my favorite in that scene. There's this record is like it's it's jangly and fuzzy kind of like there's you can hear some of that Larn Records thing going on. Like I even got some hints of like summer vacation and winter break, like especially in the vocals. Like he's sim he has a very similar vocal style. Um, Japanese emo has like a much rawer sounding production value because in my personal experience, a lot of Japanese genres just sound super slick like all the metal rock and pop that i've heard from japan is like super high production values and just like focused very heavily on making everything sound really crisp and like these emo bands are really raw and i don't know if it's their recording stuff on their own and maybe that's why they sound the way they do but they just they sound very different from a lot of the other stuff coming out of japan i think there is something to the way i listened to this record and i really enjoyed it I really wish that this is what emo sounded like mm -hmm. uh, in the U.S. Because they're really good. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to maybe like the that slicker, more polished expectation of Japanese music does come through in the way that they sound very well rehearsed. That's true. Um, they're just really tight. They play well together and they're really good at their instruments. Um, so I think that that comes through. But yeah, it doesn't have the budget and it doesn't have the, you know, the money behind it production to get that kind of production. But yeah, it's it's interesting because there's there's a lot like Japan's got this really Japan's hard to find well bands in the best way to do it is to literally like find a compilation and then just like go to each of those bands profiles. But a lot of those bands only have EPs and singles like they don't have a lot of them don't have full-length records. Out of all those bands I mentioned up there, uh, Transit My Youth is the only one that put out a full-length out of those, and the bridge compilation. But, like, Heike has a full-length from a couple years ago, but, like, they've only been doing, like, splits and singles lately. And so it's... They're hard to find. I think a lot... for So for a really long time, Japan really embraced physical media. Like, CDs were still really big in japan and they still are they still do really well um but 
within the last couple of years, they've a lot of like the punk and emo bands have really embraced streaming for the first time. So like now you're starting to see a lot more of them show up in like Bandcamp and Spotify. And so like I'm I'm hoping this leads to a lot more stuff and just like easier access. I have followed some like useful places. The alternative used to do articles that were like focused on music coming out of Asia, but they haven't done a lot of them recently. And No Echo's got one that's more like hardcore focused. Um, I did find a site though called Unite Asia, which is just like it's kind of like a punk news type website, you know, where it just like aggregates like here's a new single from this band, but it's like from all Asian countries. So it's it's and it's like there's a band from Hong Kong. Uh, there's a Taiwanese band here. There's a Myanmar band here. It's like they go South Korea. Like they even go into like India and Mongolia, even Russia. Like so, it's a pretty useful tool for finding those kind of bands. But a lot of it is also very rock and metal based. So like there's not as much emo to to find. I did find this really cool like Japanese emo playlist on Spotify that kind of makes fun of or kind of mimics the American football house, except it's like a, a Japanese house and it just says Japanese football. So it's pretty funny, um, but it's a huge mega playlist of like emo bands from Japan. So that's a useful tool. But I love this record. It just it's super catchy, despite it being sung entirely in Japanese, which is always fun because it's I'd say it's fifty fifty as far as Japanese bands being singing in Japanese or English. <clears throat> I was surprised you listened to this one. Yeah, I tried to check out everything that was on your list. I just missed some of them. But yeah, uh, what else you got? I've got the dark wave noir lounge act <laughs> uh photo crime mm-hmm. uh with their record heart of crime project we've i think if he puts out a record any year that he puts out a record it'll probably make my list i think that's been true since anxiety's kiss no house with a curse even i think i could go further back ryan is such an interesting and engaging songwriter producer frontman artist uh because he's a graphic artist as well um everything is so stylized and so well put together that it would be easy for it to fall off of the stark peaks of his aesthetic um but i think it comes through and i think there's still a heart and a soul there that is really really vital and energized 
Like someone this late into their career still putting out some of their best work. I think this is my favorite thing he's done since Anxiety's Kiss, the last Coliseum record. Uh, I think this is definitely the best photo crime record. It's been really cool to see his progress into basically becoming more and more of a solo artist. Um, yeah. Being less and less dependent on other musicians to uh, make these records. But yeah, I think, this is, I think this is a really cool record. And I was really stoked for it to come out. Um, this was one of those records that I was looking forward to for most of the year. Um, just as he was releasing singles and you know teasing that it was coming out. Uh, and it didn't disappoint. Yeah, going back to the like him relying less on other people. It's like the first photo crime record like has other musicians like on most of the tracks. And then like the second record is like it's mostly Ryan on most of the instruments. He has people come in and do special things for the records, but overall he does a majority of the songs. And then but still had like producers and engineers. Like I think Albini recorded some tracks for that record. Mm-hmm. And then this one is entirely like recorded and mixed by him. So it's like he is becoming more self-reliant with every single photo crime record. Now there's like lots of friends who like appear on stuff like Ben Sears lends like a like uh, a symbol sound on like one song. And then like his brother Evan plays on like one song like but it's not like a full band anymore. It's more of a just him. And he's embracing that more electronic side too, which I agree. I think this is probably the best photo crime record. Yeah, the last record he definitely was turning more towards the electronic elements, and I think what held that record back was probably just a little bit of a learning curve. I think probably was getting more comfortable with those sounds and those pieces of gear. But I think he's really, really figuring them out. Figured them out on this one. I also really, really like that album cover. Yeah, it's really cool looking. <laughs> that's that's a person. That's like a well-known person too. I'm not entirely sure who it is. The, the artwork was by Noelia Towers. I feel like I read something that said who the photo is of, but now I don't know where I saw that. I don't know. It must have been like an interview or something when the record came out. But yeah, she's like an uh, activist or something. Like <clears throat> the photo. Mm. Yeah. It, Trigger's good. Like, so, so low. It's like a pop song. <laughs> the closest you get with a photogram record. All right, my turn. Yep. My number three selection is Queen of My World by Batfangs. Fangs. <laughs> It's 
Sarah and Betsy this year on the show about the Bengals. This record was released October 29th on Don Giovanni Records. This is their second full-length album. And uh, Betsy plays in X-Hex, and Laura King plays in Speed Stick, as well as Mac McCon's live band. I don't know if she will be going forward, because that new record is very different sounding. So we'll see if she shows up there. So, like, Bat Fangs have a sound that's pretty similar to X-Hex, but while X-Hex is more 70s power pop focused, and then kind of applies that to, like, an indie rock sound, uh, Bat Fangs, I feel like, have more of, like, an 80s thing going on. Like, the guitar work and, like, the type of, like, gang vocals on the record feel like, kind of like Def Leppard, you know? Like, <laughs> real, like, twin guitar sounds and, like, this is, like, you could be blasting this out of, like, a T-top convertible and it would, like, be super fitting with, you know, how this record sounds. The similarities to X-Hex are there, but yeah, it, it, it feels more like party music than X-Hex does. Yeah, it's, I think it is fully embracing the feeling of the 70s stuff that influenced X-Hex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just kind of like relenting to that that fun vibe. Yeah, like there's some like Van Halen in here. There's some like even Judas like Lightning Hand is the one specifically that has like a Van Halen sort of leads with some like Judas Priest kind of like riffing. Um I was curious what Betsy's role in X Hex is she okay yeah she does play guitar on the record but she also plays bass on that record too so maybe that's what I was thinking of but I think this is this is more of Betsy's playing I think Mary Timoney does a lot more guitar work in X Hex or at least of the songwriting aspect of it but Bat Fangs I feel like is way more just purely Betsy's guitar work I'm trying to pull up specifically what it doesn't really list who plays what on the record. I think there's like a lot of people play guitar on the record and a lot of people lend vocals and they were telling us about the recording process. Like basically they were recording the record when lockdown happened. So Betsy had to like finish her part of the record separate from the rest of the band, which was not ideal, but the album just, it comes together so perfectly though. Like I just love this record. This is kind of my nominee for like, the most fun album of 2021. But uh, yeah, that's what I have for that one. So what do you got next? JR Nami Strength. It's You Freak Me Out by Gnawing. I don't want you to, but you freak me out. I don't know it's you, but you freak me out. Anything I do and you freak me out. Come on, be buddy john russell been friends for many years and have seen most of his bands haven't seen gnawing yet but uh fingers crossed that'll happen this year 
he texted me something that was very promising um not too long ago um this record is kind of like the perfect what would you say um the perfect execution of 90s slacker rock um for a new generation for the pepsi generation for the pepsi generation yeah um <laughs> big dino junior influences um definitely really really obvious um tons of lemon heads some goo goo dolls kind of in that lane but there's also a lot of great country uh influences on here and a lot of rolling stones kind of boogie rock influence as well but this record is an la traffic record for me um because i listened to it for the first time going from east la to probably mid wilshire basically driving across downtown uh in 9 a.m traffic um basically bumper to bumper for the entire runtime of this record and it's kind of perfect for that vibe i have listened to it a few times driving uh in la so that's my time and place for this one i know i didn't do that with every other record on here but (laughs) but really though it's it's so inspiring to to listen to this record um like i said john's been a good friend for a really long time and i know how much work has gone into it and this is a record where that work really really shows um there are so many great hooks and riffs and fuzzed out wah guitar solos um contract uh so glad you freak me out worst person i know um i love the little double time moment that they do on one of these songs crenshaw avenue and blue moon new are just heartbreakers um good little cosmic country songs tucked into a fuzz rock record uh and i'm really really stoked for everything else that they do Uh, they released a single this year as well germs burn uh, which is a great song, features Lexi uh, from Susie True um, by Coastal. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the best record that uh, I've heard from all of John Russell's projects. I I, th- I think I've seen everything too. I was trying to remember, and it, yeah, I think I've seen all of them live. I even got to see Gnawing when Allie was briefly in the band playing bass, who makes some guest appearance vocally on this record. She does some backing vocals from Big Baby, who excellent band too i hope we get i hope we get more big baby soon um but yeah this gnawing record is so good i love like the use of the 12 string guitar and like the crosby stills nash and young sort of vibes and the country elements like crenshaw avenue is probably my favorite song on the album but really like there's nothing on here that i'm not a fan of this whole record is just so good i know it's been a very long time in the works too because you know when the record came out i think it was when covid no no so it was like this weird like it's just been like a series of like delayed gratification with this record (laughs) like it took forever to get it finished because of covid you know then to play shows and tours got canceled and um the vinyl was delayed ridiculously like it just got into john's hands like this week Um, yeah i just got my copy this week yeah it's wild how long it's taken to get this this record out Thanks, supply chain issues, and uh, Amazon, and Adele, and uh, Walmart. <laughs> but uh, it exists. It's real. You can hold it in your hands now. It's a real thing, and uh, it's exciting. I'm very, very proud of John and the rest of the band as well. 
I don't know them that well myself, but great record. You did a good job. My next pick is my number two, and it is Move BHC and their EP Freedom Dreams. just called move they added the bhc because there's probably like a ton of bands called move bhc stands for boston hardcore they are boston hardcore band this was released february 26th on triple b records and it's my number one hardcore record of 2021 there was a lot of hardcore this year that i loved like a ton of hardcore records i enjoyed this year i probably listened to more hardcore this year than in 10 years i don't know like they're they're was way more into heavy stuff early, you know, in my earlier 20s, but then shifted into more melodic stuff. But I don't know, maybe it's just the state of, you know, the last however many years where it just feels like it's just, it just gets worse and worse. Even though it's really always been this way, it's really ultimately what it is. It's just, you know, the, the pain is cracking and you can see through now. But uh, the hardcore records that I leaned on and looked at and listened to the most were the most political records. So, like, the Jalang record is very political, but this one is nothing but political songs. Um, everything is, like, a very serious social issue. Uh, Move are a hardcore band that features black musicians. I don't think the entire band is black musicians, but at least half of them. And... So every song on this EP addresses something that affects the black community in the United States. So Beyond Reform is about how police reform is literally beyond reform and how you you can't reform it. So it's a pro-police abolition track. Uh, House of Cars is about redlining and gentrification. Uh, Freedom Dreams is about the never-ending fight for the rights of black people in this, this country. I think Righteous Unrest might be the most powerful song of 2021. It starts off with like an emotional like speech of how people of color, specifically black people in this country, have done things the right way. They've done the, you know, peaceful protests. They've done kneeling at football games, like making statements and how some people are pushed to the edge. And it's sometimes violence is the only solution in some situations. And that's what this song is about. It's just like how... Despite all the effort, you know, why should we stay peaceful? Why should, you know, taking to the streets in a more meaningful way not, you know, be the norm? You know, like, I think it's almost, it's not a, like, defending riots song, but more of explaining why riots can happen in some communities. And Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, it's a, a modern hardcore echo of the, uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. quote about riots being the voice uh, of the oppressed. Um, yeah. 
yeah this it's it's not a new it's not a new uh it's not a new social theory no 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 (laughs) this goes back quite a bit it's um unfortunately is the type of language and speech that tends to get uh the government involved and uh that's usually never good um important this is an important record i think so earlier this year not even that long ago really uh they took part in a tour called the dark side of the moon tour which featured move zulu who is a la based mostly black band kind of power violence sort of but more hardcore as well as buggin which is from chicago um which also features multiple black members um and on this tour, they played with Soul Glow in Philadelphia. And I've never wanted to be to a show more. Like, I wish I could have been at that show because I, I've i seen footage of it. And it just seemed like an amazing tour and an amazing show specifically. Like, incredible. Just that lineup alone is just amazing. I wish I could have seen that. Um, it's not a fun hardcore record. This isn't Turnstile's Glow On. I didn't look into the lyrics of Turnstile's record. I don't know if they got really political. They may have, but uh, it's not what stood out about that record. This one, it's like the message is the number one thing to take away from this record. And uh, yeah, that's that's the hardcore I've been enjoying this year. Is enjoying being the keyword, not really the word. Listening to a lot, I get a lot of energy from this type of hardcore music, but active, socially conscious, political hardcore. All right, my last selection, my album of the year. I think I knew this one pretty early on. Um, and nothing budged it is ephemeral by groupie. This is just a stellar post-punk record. I would call it post-punk. Punk. Yeah, that's probably um, the main genre. I think one of the things that makes it work um, over so much post-punk is the fact that it's not completely bloodless. There are like real thoughts and emotions conveyed all over this record. There's a lot of great, great lyrics on this record. The songs are intricate and catchy and really build on themselves really nicely and they all build on each other throughout the record um i think this is an impeccably sequenced record i mean some of these songs like daleko thick as glue uh some of my favorite songs of the year really falls into i was trying to think of like it falls into this specific category of a type of band that i'm I'm always looking for 
that not much comes close to. Uh, Photo Crime kind of taps into the same vein. Gancer definitely does. But I don't know what to call that <laughs> other than it's post-punk. And I don't know where it originates either. I mean, maybe I could take it back to like listening to uh, listening to the last Frotus record for the first time. Maybe that's the template. There's not like a ton of sonic similarities to that record here, but there is definitely a pensiveness that runs through this whole record that that I think comes from the same place for me. Yeah, I don't really... Hmm, I don't know what to... I get the connection you're making there. It is not in the specific s- sound. It's like... A, yeah, it's more of a mood or a tone. Because, like, this record has, lot, like, surfy elements, you know, and, like, dream pop elements to it, too. Yeah. I see what you're saying, though. Like, there is something anxious, maybe? Yeah. It's something ephemeral. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's not really what that that doesn't make sense. No, no, <laughs> it's not what the word ephemera I means. Know, but uh, ephemera, that's that's where you you saved um, McDonald's bags from the eighties and you yeah, put them on Instagram. <laughs> um, yeah, this is it was really cool talking to Ashley and uh, Johanna this year. Um, Ashley, she's had a year. You know, she, she started the year off by getting hit by a car on her bike, uh, and she's ended it with getting COVID. Um, Johanna had a baby and is taking, like, time away from the band. Uh, she's she's going on hiatus from the band currently. Uh, so they've got a new, they got a new lineup, really. Hmm. I'm curious to see, like, who stays, you know, what, what that does to the future, uh, you know, and, like, the sound right, songwriting for the band. I'm very curious to see what they do next. But, I, I you know, we talked about the Blondie record with them and i get some of those blondie vibes in here this record feels very new york yeah that was something i i was gonna say there are a lot of direct references to new york um in the lyrics um i mean and then i think there are even kind of like more oblique references like uh the song thick as glue has uh, the first verse talking about idolizing heroic men singing about heroin which i kind of take as a a lou reed reference um definitely a big velvet underground influence kind of an undercurrent here yeah i love this record it's probably in my top 10 my personal top 10 as well any final thoughts nope all right so my number one pick is cowboy boy and their album good girl Sometimes I like to imagine what it would feel like to be pretty enough that you don't have to wonder if that's the reason they saw you naked and won't call. Isn't it crazy how two people can have opposite perceptions of the same situation? Now I stand in the mirror before taking a shower, trying to envision what you see. Now I'm twisted, contorting, and finding the angle. You got sick of Somebody told me you won't know how bad it hurts until you do it, and I shouldn't believe them. 
released June 11th on Get Better Records. Cowboy Boy are Olivia Maria and Kev- and Mike Kevin. Uh, originally from Boston, Olivia moved across the country to Los Angeles, California, where you live. You live there. Uh, and then they proceeded to write a batch of songs that are some of the best of the entire year. So they... I didn't know this. Uh, apparently, this is actually a technically a double EP. So side A is their 2017 EP, Princess. And I was like, oh, it is. It's the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> while the B side is the new songs that make up Good Girl. So... It's technically a compilation, but I don't care. It's still... It's 50% new material. It's 50% new material, so it counts. Uh, <laughs> um, so even if it was just the B-side, like if I... I have no problem. I have an EP as my number two. I have no problem putting an EP as my number one. So even if it was just graded on B-side alone, it would still get this spot. So there we go. Nobody cares. Who's going to argue with me? Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> The B-side is all the new material, and it's all the stuff that was written as, you know, on opposite coasts. And, God, these songs are so incredibly good. Um, The A-side has a little bit more of a moodier element to it, though it is still really catchy. Um, But there is this... There's an anticipation. I think, like, the first... There's a track on that side. It's called, like, Moving to California or something like that. And... So, like, it was it was a thing that was going to happen while they were recording. So, like, it has a different kind of, like, this entering the unknown sort of vibe to it. Like, it's just, like, there's some anxiety about moving across country. And, and then the second half is kind of more of, like, look, we're doing it. I'm making it. It's working. You know, like, I get the B side is more bright, I feel like, than the A side. But ultimately... She, sorry. Go ahead. She's thriving. Yes. She's thriving <laughs> to use some... LA speak. Um, ultimately, the band's sound is not different from side to side. It's still a very, very fun, cool melodies, great guitar parts. Like uh, Olivia does all the vocals and keys, and then Kevin, uh, Mike Kevin, does the guitar, bass, and drums on the record, and it's just fantastic sounding. You can kind of see like that it was recorded a little bit apart, though. I don't. I think there's less time. I think the record was done a little bit before Get Better released it. But Olivia's lyrics are super specific. It's the type of specific lyric, though, that makes it more relatable. It's that, like, well, I haven't done that exact thing, but, like, I've been, I've felt that exact feeling. Like, that type of lyric. Um, It's that type of, yeah. It makes it connect. Makes it, I guess, makes it feel more human or more... Well, I can relate to that because I I put that in my terms and it's the exact same scenario. Um I just love this record. Like it's it's one of those ones that's just been like at the top of my list for most of the year and just 1 2 and 3 this year Sincere Engineer, Calix and Cowboy Boy all interchangeable depending on the time of day or mood or day of the week they can all be number 1. So, I don't know. I love it. You you've been lucky to see them live. I would love to see them. Yeah, um, she, she, did she tweet, I feel like she tweeted something recently talking about working on a My Chemical Romance cover, (laughs) and realizing that that's where all of her vocal delivery comes from. (laughs) It was like, yeah, 
that's it. Huh. It's she's like definitely heavily inspired by Gerard Way. Um, I think she's a better singer than Gerard Way. Yeah. But yeah, it's she definitely occupies that lane. Um, yeah, like I said, seeing them live, they were incredible, really inspiring. Looking forward to whatever they do next. Mm-hmm. I know they've got stuff in the works. Looking forward to whatever Get Better Records does next yeah. because they're on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah, there's some labels this year where it's just like, yeah, yeah, they release so much good stuff that, uh, yeah, Get Better is one of them, one of the biggest this year. I'm trying to think there's another one that I was really into, but it's blanking currently. So a lot of records running together in my head now. But yeah, amazing stuff. But that's it. We did it. That is the end of our 2021. Not quite. I still got some editing to do. <laughs> and one more recording. Two more recordings to get done. Woof. I'm glad I'm not in school during these weeks. But uh, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to any guest who has been on the show this year. Thank you to any listener that we've had on the show. You know, listener that we've had on the show. Any listeners we've had this year. If you listened to one episode and was like, ah, that's pretty cool. And you liked it. Thank you. Uh... No thank you to people who give us negative reviews, but eh, we haven't had too many of those lately. <laughs> we haven't had those in a while. Um, yeah, go throw us a positive rating. I don't know. Yeah. I don't care. Apparently, Spotify now has ratings. Yeah. I'm not happy about that, but whatever. Yeah. They only make up a third of our listening. So, <laughs> Stitcher. We get more Stitcher listeners than uh, Spotify listeners. Unfortunately, Apple's still king. So, give us a rating over there and a review. A review would be nice. But uh, thank you all so much. Uh, You'll see more of us this week. We'll post uh, our guest lists later this week. Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey there, Punk Lotto Pod. This is Greg Railson, uh, bass player for Celebration Summer. Wanted to say what an honor it was to have uh, us on your show this year. And uh, as requested, my personal favorite records of 2021, in no particular order. Um, I would say Lepesh, Blood in the Water, an amazing record. It's on New Granada Records. Um, the new Sand is awesome on Epitaph. Uh, there's a band called Heavy Seas that put out an album called Everything Breaks. Um, that, that was like a split release with Selda Art, Little Rocket Records, and Rad Girlfriend. Um Space Cadet, Lion on a Leash, those are a couple guys from the band The Explosion, um, and that's on Wiretap. That's super good. Um, I would say um, probably lastly, um, there's a band called Come Closer from San Diego. They have a record called Pretty Garbage. Um, that's from Pirates Press, and um, that's got Chris Prescott, uh, who's in No Knife, and he was in Tanner, and he played with Pinback. Uh, he's in there. Also, uh, Davey Tiltwheel uh, plays in that band, and it's just a super awesome record. And uh, those are just the original records. I mean, not to mention tons of awesome re-releases this year, uh, including, of course, Leatherface, Mush, um, and a bunch of other uh, really cool re-releases. Lungfish um, had a good record, Love is Love, that was re-released, and... Um, I think Rocket from the Crypt released live from Camp X-Ray. And anyways, just lots of good stuff. Um, oh, and one other uh, great, awesome album I just thought of, um, a band called Nexars, who we're going to be touring with uh, them, and, uh, Wolves, 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 and Wolves in January. Um, Nexars is from New Jersey, and they put out a super awesome 
record, and it's on a really cool um, kind of mint green color. And uh, they are on uh, Still Heart Records, and the name of that album is Don't Panic. So I hope everybody checks out um, my picks, and have an awesome rest of the year. Happy holidays, and talk to you later. What's up? Uh, this is Tom from Arms Like Roses, here to talk about my favorite albums of the year. Uh, I'm going to start with all the uh, the newer bands that I listened to this year, uh, the first one being uh, the band Dying Wish. They're a hardcore band uh, somewhere somewhere out of the South, I think. Uh, they put out an LP called Fragments of a Bitter Memory. Uh, it's awesome. It sounds straight out of 2004, like Victory Records, Trust Kill, uh, like Atreyu, uh, The Autumn Offering, Bullet for My Valentine, uh, 18 Visions, all that kind of stuff. Uh, kind of kind of gothy like metalcore. Uh, it's super good. Um, then I really liked one that's been getting a lot of hype this year is the uh, the Spirit Box album, Eternal Blue. Uh, I've been following their singer Courtney and their guitarist. Uh, I think his name is Mike. Since they were in, I wrestled a bear once. Uh, this band is a lot different. It kind of mixes like gent and post rock and uh, like alternative metal together. Um, it's it's super cool. Uh, it really they they deserve all the hype they're getting. Uh, it's a great album. And uh, th- there's another really underrated new band out of the UK uh, called As Everything Unfolds. They have a new album called Within Each Lies the Other. Um, I-, I would kind of describe that one as being like a, a female fronted Bring Me the Horizon, more or less. Um, really great songs. Uh, maybe a little bit more like pop punky than Bring Me the Horizon, but also the the overt like new metal Linkin Park type uh, influence. Um, so check that one out. Um, the next one might, uh, be a little bit outside the realm of a lot of people who are listening to this, but, uh, there's like a pop punk, like type boy band kind of called Waterparks who, uh, put out an album called Greatest Hits that to me kind of sounds like if Max Bemis from Say Anything was like writing songs for five seconds of summer. It's like super quirky, wordy pop punk songs, but just like huge, huge poppy choruses and stuff. Uh, I enjoy that one a lot. And, uh, also there's a band out of, uh, Iowa called Stars Hollow, like a twinkly emo screamo type band who put out an LP called I Want to Live My Life that I really enjoyed. If you're into like really early tiny moving parts, Kid Crash, or like Grown Ups, uh, check that one out. And then of course, the band that I originally came on a Punk Lotto episode to talk about was Hawthorne Heights, my favorite band, put out a new album this year called The Rain Just Follows Me. Uh, it's awesome. It's like very... Uh, very much more pop punk influence than some of their other stuff. It still has heavy songs, like the first song, uh, is super heavy and has Brandon Murphy from Counterparts on it. But for the most part, it's very, uh, more influenced by bands like The Wonder Years and The Dangerous Summer and stuff, I would say. And, uh, as far as other older bands that came out with albums this year, I really liked, uh, the Ice Nine Kills and Escape the Fate albums. If you have never been super into those bands in the past, I don't think that their new stuff is really going to change your opinion on it. But, um, I enjoyed those, and also, uh... All right, Tom from Arms Like Roses again. Uh, I almost fit all that in three minutes, but the one last album I was going to be talking about is uh, New Quicksand album, Absolute Legends, Walter Schreifels from Gorilla Biscuits, and uh, Youth of Today, and a million other bands, Rival Schools. Um, yeah, they have an album called Distant Populations. It's Rift City. It is Tone City. Uh, Check it out if you're into that kind of thing. All right. Peace.
What's up, Punk Lotto? This is PJ Sykes, and here's some records that I was digging this year, uh, 2021. Um, from Richmond, Virginia, Gnawing, You Freak Me Out. Beeline, A Day Off is a Day Off. Um, friends of mine, TLVS, or the late Virginia Summers, have a great record called Beauty and the Ghost. Uh, it's sort of an instrumental record. Uh, let's see. Another Richmond band, Book of Worms, Occult New Age. Uh, solo artist out of England, Penfriend, Exotic Monsters. Uh, she's part of the Running Punks group uh, out there that did a cool running review of Fuzz, my solo record this year. Um, so check that out. Uh, let's see. The Besnard Lakes. The Besnard Lakes are the last of the great thunderstorm warnings. Just a great Canadian band. Um, Digging both Cloud Nothing records, uh, The Shadow I Remember, and they did a pandemic record that's not out on streaming services, I think. Um, Grace Vonderkuhn, a uh, great artist out of Delaware, Philadelphia area, Pleasure Pain. And uh, I guess Rap Ferreira is also something I'm super into. He had two releases uh, at the beginning of the year, Bob Sun, and just recently, the Light Emitting Diamond Cutter sculpture, uh, Scriptures. So anyway, check this out. Oh, one more, one more. Tamer Edfek. All bets are off. I think that is on Kill Rock Stars. Uh, thanks again for having me on the podcast this year, and I uh, hope you check out some of these records. Uh, thanks. Hey, Punk Lotto Podcast. This is Lexi from Suzy True. I'm here to call to talk about my favorite releases of the year. Um, I'm really bad at choosing favorites because I like a lot of stuff and I don't like to choose any one favorite. So I've made categories in which to organize my favorites. I also am aware that I'm missing a lot of albums. Like so many good albums came out this year, but this is just what I've put together for the sake of this voicemail. So, uh, I decided the best album for driving around and being sad in preferably cloudy weather or at night is going to be the album Zorked by Julius Shapiro from Chastity Belt, <clears throat> who all, Chastity Belt also put out singles this year that are also great for this category. And then the album Don't Know What I Am by Alien Boy. Fucking love both of these albums. The best album for listening to you at work all day, every day, for weeks on end. So much so that your coworkers all ask if we can please listen to something else. Would be Jubilee, the Japanese breakfast. I'm sure this is a this is a big one on everyone's favorite list. The album is just fucking great. Like you can't leave it out. Alright, next category. Best album for feeling like I'm less alone in the world goes to Good Girl by Cowboy Boy. Fucking love Cowboy Boy, and I somehow conned Olivia from Cowboy Boy into being my friend, and it's like one of the best things to happen this year. Best album to scream loudly while you're driving. Again, driving a lot of listening music and driving. I live in LA. Let me do one more by Illuminati Hotties. Great album. All right, best album for unpacking your trauma. 
Vixen by Fox Bodies. Uh, they would take this as a compliment. I know this for a fact. Great album. Super proud of the homies. Big old trigger warning. Going to go ahead and say that before you listen. All right. Best album for being sad, but in a happy way. Morbid Obsessions by We Are The Union. I think they would appreciate that, too. Big, happy, sad vibes. I fucking love it. So many good music that came out this year. Um, like EPs, too. Vile put out an amazing album. Gully Boys put out a fucking great EP. Um, Potty Mouth put out a great EP. So much great music. So hard to choose, but thanks for letting me call and tell you guys some of my favorites. All right, thanks. Hey there, this is Josh Robbins from Spinning Out Pod. I just wanted to drop a line for the 2021 album of the year. I don't really have, like, a list in terms of, like, what was best. Uh, As you can imagine, listening to music for your podcast kind of takes up a lot of your personal time to consume new music. With that said, though, I feel like I listen to a lot of things and plus, like, older albums. Um, But, so... Let's get into it. Uh, so kind of top of my list, actually no real order, so scratch that. Um, I would say Yacha, and that album's The Lurch. And then there were two The Body albums this year that came out. One was their own album, and then one was like a split collaboration album with Big Brave. I would really recommend that. So that's The Body, I've seen all I need to see, and The Body, Big Brave, leaving none but small birds. Uh, yeah, so those are great, and so many on my list, I'm going to leave some out. Just want to mention some friends like Gnawing, Totally Slow, Taking Meds, and, but let's keep the list going. So Dinosaur Jr., Sweep It Into Space, Hurry, Fake Ideas, Wild Pink, A Billion Little Lights, A Regional Justice Center, Crime and Punishment, and the Military Gun EPs. Um, there's so many I'm leaving off, I just have a time limit, so... You know, what can we say? Things like Colossus, uh, Turnstile was good, Jail Sox, Downhaul. Uh, yeah, there's a lot I am leaving off. So, sorry to anyone I forgot. I'll probably go over it on the 2021 Spinning Out top list of the year episode. So, tune in for that. But thanks for having me on the pod, uh, or having you on the pod. Shit. Fuck. I said that wrong. Now I sound like an idiot. Edit that out. Never mind. Just keep it. Whatever. Love y'all. Hey, Justin and Dylan and loyal Punk Lotto Pod listeners. This is Morgan from Bedtime Magic. Uh, calling to leave you guys a message about my, my favorite record of 2021. Cool year for music. Lots of good stuff came out. But I think the, my favorite record for me, um, some buddies of mine in a band called Wirelines did a record called Harvest Versus. Um, I'm real proud of these guys. They, they made a really, they made a great record. Um, and, uh, I think it's made my favorite of the year. It certainly got a lot of listens from me and, uh, I think a lot of other people would like it. All right, guys. I'll talk to you next year. Bye. 
Hey, y'all. This is Olivia from Cowboy Boy, and I just want to talk a little bit about my favorite album of the year, which was Glow On by Turnstile. So I know this isn't exactly a unique choice (laughs) because this record is just undeniably good, regardless of whether where you're approaching it from as a listener, but here's why it made such a big impact on me. So my bandmate Mike and I released a record this year without ever having seen each other face-to-face because he lives in Boston and I live in L.A. Uh, We hadn't seen each other since we recorded the album together in L.A. And it had been about four years since I had been back in Boston. Uh, So with everything that transpired, you know, the last couple of years, with everybody just dealing with so much fear and grief and uncertainty, uh, you know, it had never felt more important for me to prioritize being physically present with my loved ones when it was, you know, safe to do that. So after I got vaccinated and before Delta sent us all back back inside, I booked a flight to Boston. And uh, the first time I heard Glow On, I was sitting on the couch in Mike's living room, just like I had done so many times in college. Um And I was surrounded by friends that I felt so lucky and so relieved to see. And it was like the record just kind of like hit me in the gut and just stayed there. (laughs) Um, The record is just so, you know, relentlessly huge and such an experience. And there are moments lyrically, you know, about missing people that you love and how nobody else can fill that space that they leave when they're not around. And, it just felt like a, you know, a perfect reflection of exactly what I was experiencing in that moment. There's there's so much to mourn, so much to, you know, be afraid of and so much that we still have to go through, but it's such a beautiful thing to to be alive and live a life that's full of love. And I think that this record really kind of kind of uh encompasses that perfectly. So That's my favorite record of the year. Happy New Year, everybody. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Lots of love from from me and the rest of Cowboy Boy. Hello, Punk Lotto Pod. This is Scott Hicks from North Carolina. Punk Rock Concern, totally slow. I uh, am going to throw down five albums that I loved this year that – are punk adjacent, and I'm going to go quick so I don't get cut off this time. Uh, first off, I'm going to go with Shame, Drunk Tank Pink, great UK angular uh, gang of four-y, idolsy kind of band, uh, two Chubby and the Gang, the Mutt Nuts, great straightforward garage punk, good for direct listening or playing in the background while trying to get stuff done, just a great record. Swift, French psych metal, stoner rock band, kind of like the OCs, leaning more into the stoner metal than into the psychedelic kind of 60s garage thing like the OCs does. Great band. French band. I just discovered them this year, so I'm going to go with their Levitation Sessions album that came out in 2021. What number am I on? Four. Histories. H-Y-S-T-E-R-E-S-E. German. Kind of mid-tempo. Um, Double guitar punk band, real interesting, good stuff. Proud of self-titled album this year. <clears throat> Finally, I'm going to go seven seconds. The Crew, the reissue on Trust Records, beautiful re-release, great booklet, uh, great remaster, awesome classic. 
posi core record from my childhood that is finally getting some proper uh release and hopefully getting some proper attention uh okay guys have a good new year delete the first message because it's a rambling stupid mess okay i love you bye